Hello and welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. And we are two guys buying and building wonderful internet companies. Yes, indeed. And this week, it sounds like Colin's been busy working on his course. It sounds like re revitalizing the spirit of avocado, although it doesn't sound like your course is going to end up on, on our baby avocado. Yeah, it's a bit of a betrayal of me <laughs> and you. But uh, yeah, I've done a lot of research and we know the course market really well. I'm leaning towards Podia for hosting the course. To back up, the course would be on what exactly? So I tweeted this out this week. I've gotten the habit of tweeting out ideas, like startup ideas, course ideas. It got really good responses for things recently. So I did a sleeping egg that got a you know, good response on Twitter, a new Goodreads, and now this micro P course. Wait, sleeping egg? Oh yeah, like you <laughs> sleep in a, like a big cocoon. I've had this idea for a long time and I think everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I, I think you want to control as many variables in your sleep as possible. And especially like living in a city, there's noise and like air quality actually matters a lot for your sleep. So I, I do think, <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but- and people should be sleeping in some kind of like egg effectively, sure. like where, or like a hyperbaric chamber, like a, one of those inflatable balloons yeah. where everything is controlled. So eight sleep controls your you know bed temperature effectively, but there's also like noise and light and all these other things that matter, air quality, humidity. So if you could just control all variables, it seems like that's the natural end game of perfecting sleep. I like it. I like that idea. We can pursue that on a, we'll spin up another, set up the docs for that separately, but the course itself would be on micro PE. Yeah. So basically how to buy these businesses, grow them and sell them. So I, I think it could also work for all these founders, bootstrappers that are like trying to understand this whole process that they're probably only going through once or twice. Sure. I think there's parts of it though, that you have experienced and done. There's probably parts of it that you haven't. So how are you going to fill some of those gaps? Yes. Good question. So I have a lot of these like docs and can walk through the process that I've done already. I also would like to do guest speakers for certain topics. So like SBA 7A loans, I've never actually done one. Like I, I know generally how it works and I could give a lecture on it, but I'd love to bring in someone that knows it better than me or like bringing in guest speakers for like content sites That's and great. how they've done acquisitions and like walking through it. I want this to be like super tactical. So you take this course and you know exactly what you need to do to go you know, from finding a deal to closing a deal to growing it like every step of the way. And I think this is just like such a early space that there's like teaching could go a really long way here. Yeah. Besides the fact that you're, we talked about it last week, this like mindset of abundance, like it's better to have, I don't know, there's plenty of deals, plenty of businesses. Like you're not going to, sure. You're probably going to create a bunch of competitors for us, but there's enough to go around. It's just, it's a lot of commerce. It's not if you had hundred, 200 more people looking after the same deals, sure, it will get competitive, but that's not how the world really works. It's especially if it can foster someone else to learn how to do this, build a, a business and create some sort of like financial independence and they send you a note and say, hey, I was able to do this. Sure, it would be nice if you could do that too, but still there's gotta be a lot of satisfaction in enabling other people that don't have the resources to do it, to try this out. Yeah, I love this online education space. Obviously, we launched Avocado, so we're in it back in venture capital times. I met with every CEO of these college alternatives. I just am a huge believer in this you know, online learning and what the future could hold for it. And I've been looking for my spots. And I think there's just, from my tweet, there's clearly so much demand here and people would love to do it. And they don't really know how. And so I started working on it this week. I started outlining it to me and making a course is like the biggest component and takes the most time. So I had all these notes in Rome for the most part already. So now it's just like organizing them all 
then I'll put them into a, effectively a PowerPoint and then record the videos and everything. And I have all this stuff set up for the podcast already. So it's like organizing my thinking is the biggest time suck, but I'm making yeah. good progress. Any, any guests in mind that you'd have come on and, and talk about some of the gaps that, that you haven't done or aren't as tooled up on? Yeah. So I've, how do you know all these people? Like I've had calls with them. So Live Oak Bank is a leader in the search fund or private equity world for the debt side. Mm. So I've spoken with some of them before. I'd like to have one of them on. I spoke with a, a micro angel. What's his name? Anyway, Eel Toledano. I'm really struggling with names today, <laughs> but he, he, he agreed to do a guest lecture. He runs a awesome newsletter uh, called micro angel. So he's buying and rolling up Shopify apps. So he'd be another one. I'd love to have Andrew Wilkinson on to talk about how he compensates CEOs and find CEOs. Yeah. I think that's, that's super, super interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard, I heard him talk about that and, and go through the structure and that was inspiring it is it is one model. It is not the only model, obviously there's interesting ways, but it's this idea that you can design your own strategy. There is no one way to do it. And it's the, the art of this that, that makes it fun to me other than it's, I don't know. My favorite part about this space is that these are existing businesses and you're not, I'm just spent way too much time finding product market fit for businesses and for projects I've worked on that it, it's a breath of fresh air to already have it and then be able to expand upon it. Yeah. Finding product market fits really hard. Like you just get so much more leverage it, like any little change you make when something already has revenue and significant revenue is just awesome. It makes a huge difference versus, well, hopefully this takes off. Hopefully all these mm. little decisions we're making are actually meaningful because mm. there's a good chance they aren't. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Cool. Yeah. So the, the course, no, no release date kind of in mind. You're in the early stages of just getting the outline together. You're going to do video though. You're not going to do audio. Uh, so I'm going to record video and like screen shares with the idea that you don't really need it for most of this stuff. And so the audio will be the biggest component. So I'm thinking I'll have record with Loom and have slides on the screen that yeah. are like just a few words or a picture or something like that. And then the audio is like the real component and where the real information lies. And then with Podia, which is what I'm leaning towards, you have all this text below. So you can link out to other things as needed as well. And then I'm thinking of like a community on the back end. So once you mm -hmm. complete the course, you graduate to a community. And I think that's just going to be enormously valuable for people going forward and for ourselves as well, like sharing deals or getting feedback on stuff, finding investors, like someplace for all these micro P people to, to live. That's not Twitter. Yeah. Speaking of which, anything blow up on Twitter this week? I really have been heads down, but is there anything interesting in the Twitter sphere and that you've been seeing? Like drama of the week? Yeah. Um, what do you got? <laughs> Nothing in particular. Elon Musk is in sabotaging oh, yeah. my Bitcoin, which hasn't been appreciated, but. <laughs> <laughs> the Doge father. Yeah, that's oh, all right. Well, now I'm glad I'm, I didn't miss anything on, on Twitter. But one thing that I was spending a little bit of time this week has been in that Shopify world. And it reminded me of what was the the guy that it had an implosion? Uh, it wasn't fast. What was the name of the the company that was? They were going to do international payments and in, in stores to compete with Shopify. We talked about it. I think one of our, our earlier podcasts when he imploded. That was the reason I asked. I was just curious if there were any new Twitter dramas that had popped up. But I've been doing a little bit of work in the Shopify world, and I really do see like what everyone's been talking about. The size of that ecosystem is phenomenal, and there are still plenty of gaps to exploit. I, we always 
take a, a five minute break to talk about my, my goofy candle business, but it's, <laughs> it is funny that there isn't anybody who, and I bring this up because you and I had this conversation about a year, maybe, no, this is two years ago. This is before Oliver was born about, are you sure you want to build that yourself? Can't you just do it on Shopify? There still is not a, and so I, we tried out two subscriptions apps now and none of them really do what like the crate joy model is or the boxed subscription model is. So I dug into that to see what it would take. And it really does seem like there's a lot of opportunity there because they, they have so many stores, they have so many people and you can really charge a significant, like a fair amount as opposed to, it's funny, people will pay a hundred dollars a month for a extension to a Shopify app. So let alone an app that powers a major part of your business, like a thing that you need, need hey, it's going to change the skew every month. It's got to have that. Otherwise the reporting is going to be off. And so you, you can easily charge in that space versus if you look at like desktop software, like people won't pay 10 cents for anything. It's all free software. And the, that model just seems really ripe for additional growth. Like I thought it would be played out by now, but I really don't think it is. So anyways, that's the little tech update from the Shopify subscription ecosystem. Which... Yeah, there's a monster premium for Shopify apps versus SaaS apps generally in the micro P world. Just like it's growing so fast and it's so closely tied to making more money for these e-commerce stores that people yeah. are willing to pay. Uh, I, I have a friend that runs uh, like a online coffee business and he was saying subscription apps were crappy. Is that they a are. thing? It's just hard to find good subscription apps. And I'm just going to tell you about recharge. It was great. We they had a great sales team. They sold us on it, but they don't do prepaids. So it's like our business model just didn't fit. So you purchase, like you want to buy a six month subscription for your mom for mother's day, which a ton of people did, which is great, but they don't really do it. Like they do it. Like you're going to buy this and then it's going to renew every single month or every three months. It's just not how the, the box model subscriptions tend to work where there's, Hey, you got to order by a cutoff date. And there's all these goofy little rules we have. And that's just kind of how the business is. And we like it that way because I get all my orders up front. I know exactly how many jars I got to order, how much wax I got to, how many wicks to order, how much fragrance oil. It makes it a very nice manageable business, but nobody does it. And so I'm, probably going to end up building something like that. I don't know. I, maybe I'm not, I shouldn't be announcing this right now, but I'm looking into, I, I had to do so much work with recharge with their APIs that I was like, I might as well just build this a subscription app. This is like, I'm having to work around so hard. So we, we ended up calling it off. It sounds like they are working on it, but they just raised a series B. Their sales guy reminded me, he's like, Hey, we just raised a bunch of money. We're going to get this done. So they're really nice people, very helpful, but they, we couldn't just, it w- really wouldn't work for what we were doing. So I think the short answer is there are about six or seven major players that are doing subscriptions, but they each have their own sort of model that they're supporting. And no one seems to support the model we're going after. So yeah, I might have to, to spin up a small <laughs> Shopify subscription app. So this is the larger question. Do you want to spin it up or would you like to go find one of the six and acquire one and add these features that you know it needs? And basically you feel like it's not living up to its potential. Yeah, that's a great question. I need to, I think we need to go and look at the other ones. Like I'm really only looked at two in depth and it it does take time because the salespeople tell you, oh, it does exactly what you need. It's the right choice for you. And then when you go integrate and you get a sort of like a support engineer to actually tell you the truth as, oh no, it doesn't work like that. It's really meant for this. And there are these workarounds. And furthermore, there are plugins that 
there's one that's a hundred dollars a month that just changes the the renewal date to the the desired date you want on shop on sorry on recharge not even on Shopify. So you're buying plugins for the plugins hmm. to to fit your business, and they're they were charging a hundred bucks for it, and I all it is a webhook, and so it's this idea that. Oh, you're going to have to get a developer and they're going to have to make sure the server stays up. It's, there's a lot of stuff out there that I think is going to go away because people are going to get a little more savvy. It's like, you could just use Pipedream or zap your webhooks to like do some of this stuff for you, but people aren't, they're in the e-commerce business. They are in the candle business. They're in the coffee business. They don't know how to do this stuff. So I think there is a, a lot of like crust around that market that will probably go away. But if you can add real value and be the platform for a business, I, I'm of the mindset because I have a use case. I just want to build to that, see how it goes. And then there's a big difference between building a subscription app for my business and then building a subscription product on Shopify. Cause it's just, there's a layer of abstraction you have to add on top of it. And, and this is the reason why the current sort of incumbents aren't working for me is because my business is different and you want to support one, one way of doing things, which you could do because the model we use is based on how CrateJoy works. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. And that, that's where the business used to be run by the old owners. They ran it on CrateJoy and it took a big piece of the margin. But you could easily market to all the CrateJoy people and say, hey, you want to move to Shopify? This is exactly how CrateJoy works. This is the same model. And you're on Shopify. So here, I'm giving away my free ideas. If somebody wants to build it, who's listening, let me know. I would be happy to sign up. I don't know that I want to spend my time doing this, but I need to do it because Frankly, as we look at this business, which is on autopilot, we can't sell it being on a custom platform. You know what I mean? I probably should have done this a while ago, even though these APIs weren't available then. But I think you have a really hard time selling a business that has good revenue, recurring revenue. But if it's an e-commerce business and it's not on Shopify, I feel like you're going to run into some issues. Yeah. Any profit you have will get eaten up by paying developers to maintain your custom installation, basically. Exactly. Even though I haven't had to do anything with it, but yeah, I think you need to have something that's like robust and supported. But I would tell you under the hood with a lot of these Shopify businesses, I think it's this, you're just moving all that code into plugins and custom apps that are also the same thing as custom code. So as long as you can plug into something. So I, in our case, because there is no perfect, subscription plugin for us we still have to in order to in, or we have to change our business which i don't want to do we've got a good business so so which one is this is this a like a request for startups is this a you want to go buy one or you're going to go build one i'm going to do some research but i might build, <laughs> i think we're going to i'm going to build in into it i'm going to build something and i think when i'm done building this thing which is only going to take a week or two to support the su subscription model we want, then I think taking a look at like how much more work would it be to spin up a, a, a business to do this? And I, I think the incumbents are not going to have a good time because this is an API that's been changing. And I think a lot of the struggles that they've had is we used to do it this way, which to do, and I, I hope we're not going too far and boring the, the shit out of our, our, our listeners, but the reason this was is changed is you had to support your own checkout process. That was old Shopify subscriptions. You basically checked out on your site, which was all custom. And mm -hmm. now you can use Shopify checkout as of what, 2020. And so I think all the players like Bold and Recharge, they've had to retool and rework. And so with that, all I hear is technical debt. You've like, we had, it's like what we ran into with Avocado where we wanted to change the model. It's like that introduced 
the debt of now it's not so easy to change and now it's not so easy to make fixes. And so the longer you're around, I think from a tech perspective, the more risk you're holding on to with legacy code. So I do think in this world, it may make sense to to actually start from scratch. Although I just said how much I don't want to start from scratch. It's a much more painful process. But I do think it's, I'll report back. We're going to do this integration. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how hairy it is and have a better sense. But I, my sense is it's a startup. Cool. Yeah. I think this is fun for people to hear how we think about buy versus build. And like there are two both viable options and you have to weigh the pros and cons of each. Yeah. I, I got to take a look at more of the products. I think that's probably the other homework is, so I brought a partner on to Wixley, my candle business, and I will have him do some more research. He's definitely the the marketer of the two of us. And he's also, okay, man, we got to be on Shopify, but we got to in- integrate with Clavio. And that's the other risk is you got to start integrating with all these different platforms. So it's like the idea of building it is a little scary, but maybe it's just what you got to do to, if you want it to work the way you want it to work. For sure. Anything else you want to cover? No, I don't think so. I think I'm trying to think what we have going on the Blink Cell front. Some we're getting close to the the end of our main development sprint. We've finally got a really good team put together, and I feel like that's going smooth. We've been, you know, continuing to improve the product, and I'm excited to finally start getting the main sort of migration underway. For sure. And then on the marketing front, our writers are working, they're churning out articles. I haven't seen the uptick in Google Analytics that we'd like, but it's probably just unrealistic to expect that so quickly. Well, Um, there is. So that's the other big news. I think in two weeks, we are expecting a pretty major algorithm update where page speed is the the number one priority, or I think they're they're calling it core web vitals. So that's on, that should be on every business radar right now is... Make sure your site's optimized. If you don't know how to optimize your site, reach out to me on Twitter. I will point <laughs> yeah. you in the right direction. But no, this is a pretty serious thing that I think it's going to be a rebalancing that they do. And for businesses like ours that do rely on SEO and our domain authority, it's going to have an impact. So thankfully, we just redid our site. It's on Webflow. That's probably the, the best advice is just move your site to Webflow and let them deal with it. But yeah, that's going to be the major change thing to look out for in the next two weeks. That could only help us. We're about as, I think, as fast as you could be. Yeah, I think we're in a good spot. It's funny, the best ratings you can get is like going back to like a 1991 website, which is just like text. But obviously we want to be cooler than that. We got to look sharp. All right, that's all I got. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.